What's up, everyone? Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Copon. It's August 22, 2022, and this is Lift and Learn episode 96. In this episode, I'll talk about how you can use fitness trackers properly because judging a workout based on the amount of calories you're burning is a backwards idea when it comes to getting lean or if you want to lose weight and keep it off long term. And in the second topic, I'll talk about why fluids are so important during your workouts. Fluids in general during a workout is something that will boost your performance in the gym, so it's basically your best supplement that you should be remembering to have. Before that though, I'll talk a bit about what I've been up to lately, and that might include fitness-related topics, and it might not. If you want to follow me, your host, on Instagram, it's isaiah.copon, And you can also check out my website, isaiahcopon.com. The podcast is on Instagram, at Lift and Learn Podcast, on Twitter, at Lift and Learn Pod, and also on Facebook. You can just search Lift and Learn Podcast. With that being said, let's get into it. I just recently got COVID yet again. So let me talk about getting back into exercise properly after having COVID. It's probably a good time to talk about this since we're in the middle or maybe at the end of another wave. I don't really pay much attention to it anymore. It's something we just have to live with. Over the past few weeks, I've known actually the most people to have been infected with COVID compared to other waves. Before, it used to just be one or two people would get it. But over the past month, I might have known more than 10 people around me to get it. At least that's just my situation over here in Canada. This wave or variant or whatever, this one hit my family and friends pretty hard actually, but the good news is that everyone recovered to the fullest. So I mentioned either last week or two weeks ago on here that I got COVID and that I went back to the gym around a week later, which leads into the first lesson here, and that's to take your time when it comes to reintroducing exercise, however intense it may be. Take at least a week off. I know I took six days off and then went back to the gym, but I noticed both times I've had it now, I've had it twice this year, both times I should have gave myself another few days to get back into lifting. Honestly, I think even taking two weeks off, possibly more, is ideal for some people, depending on your fitness level before you got COVID, but a few weeks off should be a decent time frame to get uh, to start to get back into it. So, alright, I went back to some activity six days after my first day testing positive, so I like to think I'm more healthy than most people, but even after six days off, I noticed that I still had a lingering cough going on for at least two weeks after the first time I tested positive. It was probably around three weeks after the fact I was still coughing, so I wore my mask when I was indoors in the gym because I did have that cough. I didn't want to be, you know, coughing and having other people look at me all weird in there. I'm pretty sure this has been documented. Your cardio levels in general after having COVID are definitely decreased. So even after doing something pretty light for me, I notice my heart rate starts to go up. I notice I'm definitely getting more tired than usual or I would even start coughing at this point. Obviously, this sort of time frame is going to depend on the individual also. You might need more time, 
Like I said, depending on the genetics or the shape and fitness level you were in before you got COVID, or any kind of sickness really, give yourself however much time you need. In terms of getting back to normal cardiovascular endurance levels, that could take up to two or three months actually. So yeah, at this point, COVID probably won't kill you, but the bad part is that there are some after effects that have been observed. And we still don't know the full details on all the negative effects when it comes to long COVID symptoms. You'll notice some heart rate elevation also after COVID. I just heard about this one actually on another podcast I was listening to where they talked about this briefly. If you have a fitness tracker of some sort, something that tracks your heart rate like resting heart rate or heart rate during exercise, you'll notice that your heart rate is actually a few beats per minute higher. So the BPM is higher. I'll give you my own numbers for comparison's sake to show you exactly what I mean. So my normal heart uh, resting heart rate, I've been tracking it for years now because it's always been pretty low. It's usually anywhere from 45 to 47 BPM that's at rest. It's under 50 for sure. So when I had COVID, it was actually around 58 actually with one day being at 61, which is high for me. So my heart was beating 10 times, more than 10 times more per minute. So slightly higher stress levels in the body there. And while I was recovering from COVID, that's when I slowly started to see 55 BPM and it would go down from there. I think it took almost three weeks to get back down to 50 and under. So that's another one of those effects. It might not be too particularly harmful for me, but if you're older, it could increase some health risks there. Post-COVID symptoms are pretty real, man. I've noticed it myself. It takes me around a month or so to get back to feeling at least 90%. So I slowly increased the intensity of my workouts over the first month of training at least because I know my body is still recovering. I could feel it. It's good to track your workouts, especially in this case, and pay attention to it because you don't want to rush back into it. So going lighter on exercise, not being as intense in the gym is going to be necessary as well. Moderate intensity to start, that's going to be the key right there. Personally speaking, weights that I was using uh, the week's after I had COVID were around 75% of the normal weight that I was doing. So I was doing, let's say a flat dumbbell bench. I was doing around a hundred pounds before for eight or so reps, but my first training session back, I used 65 pounds, I believe. So yeah, my first week, that's how it went. I mean, and then I slowly ramped it up over the next few weeks. It took me around a month or Uh, a bit more than a month actually to get back to that same hundred pound dumbbells I was using before that's fine people are always so focused on getting back to weight they were lifting before man just do better than last week or last session and that's what you need to compare yourself to not just whatever your last training block PR was you'll get there eventually just take your time What helps keep your sanity there, again, is tracking because you'll have your reps and strength numbers. You'll write it down. Maybe you can write down a quick note every week saying, okay, that was light, lightweight, baby. You can go up next session. Or if it was difficult, then write that and be honest with yourself. I mean, going up in weight on your lifts, just five pounds every week, or if you do that for four months or sorry, four weeks or like a month, that's already a 20 pound increase, which... I mean, that could happen if you have the muscle memory there already. Now, of course, this isn't going to be sustainable for most people. That would be a 240-pound increase in lifts in just one year at that pace. That's probably not going to happen. 
but at first those strength gains should come back uh, pretty quickly if you're just getting back into exercise. Trust me, this is a day-by-day thing. Getting back to exercise after having COVID, I even had workouts that I wrote for myself and I overestimated my strength so many times. I'd write down, do this weight for this many reps and when I actually got to warming up, I knew my body enough. I know the signals. I'd have to go lighter and I would have to do less reps because I'd feel more gassed or I just got more fatigued than usual. And no, don't tell yourself that it was a bad workout because you didn't get stronger this time. It's not always every single time. It's not all about strength, you know. It's about going through the motions. Remember that your body is still recovering. You can't expect it to just work at its best every single gym day, no matter how much you push yourself. I talked about it last week already. Working out even less than three days can be beneficial. I mean, three days, less than three days per week. So as you're starting to ramp it up one or two days a week where you're working out, it doesn't even have to be in the gym lifting weights, just anything that raises your heartbeat at first. Workouts where you might not necessarily be pushing yourself, but instead you're testing your tolerance and how the whole recovery process is going. So if you got COVID, I hope your recovery is going well. And when it comes to getting back to hitting the gym after COVID or any other sickness or injury, the biggest keys are to take your time to get back into training. Take as much time as you need and start off slow and light with your training The strength's going to come back, don't worry, you got that muscle memory, and you'll notice the strength increases pretty quickly once you start exercising with more consistency. One to three workouts per week would be ideal, just give yourself extra recovery time in between those workouts, a day or two that should be good, because that's something that could also be affected by all this. And as usual, be patient with your progress, let your body heal itself before you start adding too much stress on your body like a workout that's too intense. Moving on to how life has been lately for me, I've been super busy, which is good since I got back from my vacation. I've been training clients and had some family parties to go to these past few weekends. Man, my clients are killing it right now. I'm so proud of, especially my in-person clients, I'm so proud of them being consistent there because I had two weeks off in uh, this past month with COVID and then going away on vacation, but everyone did their part and still made progress in some kind of way, which is amazing to see. And I don't know if you noticed, but it's actually Monday today, and I'm going to be releasing podcast episodes on Monday from now on, at least for the time being. I just want to see what it does to the viewer count. And right now it works a lot better with my schedule, which is the real reason why I want to change the dates right now. This way may work a bit better for me. I can record my episodes Friday night and then I can spend the weekend editing them and whatever else I need to do to prep the episode and upload it and all that good stuff. Training wise, like I said earlier, I had COVID around a month ago, still slowly ramping up my training. My cardio still isn't there right now. I noticed I'm getting gassed on exercises quicker than normal, but that's okay. If I ever need to scale back my intensity, I still do so. Some days I feel pretty strong, but other days don't go too well in terms of strength and endurance, but that's normal. I should be back to normal by the end of the month, and I should be ramping up my intensity toward the back half of this year. I'm still in my hypertrophy phase right now, but when I hop up back on that strength phase, oh man, it should be a good time. I'm planning on hitting some PRs before hopefully my best cut ever physique-wise for next summer or next fall. 
I'm giving my body a few months coming up here to build a solid package overall. But because I've been so busy lately, I haven't had time to lift in the morning, which is what I've been doing basically my whole life. I've been doing it for so long now, pretty much my whole lifting career. Right now though, what's working for me with my schedule is working out at around 2 or 3 in the afternoon, and I'm definitely still adjusting to that. I feel like I just don't have as much energy as I do compared to my morning workouts, but I'm pushing through, slowly adjusting. I usually have a meal around an hour before I lift, and then a snack about 20 minutes before the gym. That snack usually helps me in my morning workouts, but the afternoon workouts are just, I don't know what it is, it's just more tiring for me. It's probably because I've already been working at that point. I've probably already seen four or five clients, so I'm already a little bit drained when it comes to my workout. I'm slowly getting used to it, but I miss those morning workouts for sure. Thankfully in the afternoon, the gym isn't busy when I go, so I do still have access to any machine I need. But I feel like when school starts this September, that gym might be more packed during this time because it's like right after school, so... I guess we'll see. I'll deal with that problem when it happens. One last thing I have to mention because I saw this article earlier this week. I can't believe we needed a study for this one. I'm just going to read this headline right here. Weight loss surgery can reduce your risk of cancer by 32%. I mean, that's an article that I'm not going to click through to read, but seriously... Like, of course, losing weight can reduce your risk of cancer, which is obviously why a surgery will help reduce that risk. In some cases, yes, a surgery is going to be necessary, like if you're really obese, but for most people, this is completely unnecessary, and you should not be blaming your genetics. You really just need to get yourself moving again at first, probably while cutting out, or even better, substituting or replacing those ultra-processed hyperpalatable foods because they're causing you to eat four to eight hundred more calories per day and if you repeat that process for years on end eventually you're going to realize wait how did this happen to my body it creeps up creeps up on you man the only way to change it is to be aware of your habits and slowly change them one by one a quick solution like getting surgery so that you're lighter that doesn't tackle the root problem if anything, you might find yourself back in the operating room again, getting the same surgery again, because you didn't fix the real problem. Yes, your weight plays a key part, but it's whatever you're doing that's causing you to be overweight in the first place. So clean up the diet a bit and start to exercise, and that's already going to lower your cancer risk that you might have, and it's going to be so beneficial in many ways, like mood, self-esteem, more strength, a leaner body, and a faster metabolism. Question one, if you're trying to lose weight, how do you figure out how many calories to burn if the fitness bands or the Apple watch is not accurate? Oh man, we really need to change the way we're thinking here. I know the majority of the times, calories in versus calories out, that's the way to go when it comes to altering your weight. But if you're just going to eat however you want because you burned a lot of calories during your workout... And I'm not saying that this person is eating whatever they want, but it's that mentality. That's something to get out of. You don't want to be worrying so much about how many calories you're burning during your workout because that should not be the main way to be in a calorie deficit. Doing this sort of thing, eventually you'll run into a wall. I mean, what's the end goal here? To burn as many calories every day in order to lose weight? 
Think about that long term. You're burning 300 calories in your workout now. So in order for you to get leaner, to see your abs, to lose the right amount of weight, the only way on this path is to burn more and more calories every day. So that means last week you burned 300 calories. And this week you have to burn more than that at least to be satisfied with your workout. But let's say you get up to 600 calories burned in a workout. What do you think the next step is going to be there? Eventually, life's going to get busy. You're going to have to work out less hours during the week. So instead of burning 600 calories every day, maybe five days out of the week, eventually you'll burn out or you just simply miss days and you'll only get to go to the gym maybe three times per week. Again, you're still burning the same 600 calories every day, but at the end of the day, you're missing two days because you're, not, you're getting busy, you're doing something else, so your weight starts to stall or it goes up in some cases. And that's why just judging your workout based on burned calories just is not a good way of looking at it if your goal is to sculpt your body. My point with all of that was you cannot out-train a bad diet. And it's common for a question like this to come from someone with a type A personality who's always trying to burn so many calories in their spin class or whatever boot camp they're doing. And then they post an Instagram story about how many calories they burned and taking a picture of their watch. You're going to have to change your eating habits in most cases. Maybe that means cutting some carbs out of some meals. If you're someone who doesn't want to track exactly what you're eating all the time. It's one thing if you're someone who likes that social aspect of the classes. It motivates you to get in there because it's exciting. But we need to throw in some days of the week where you're doing some kind of strength training. Even if you just mix in one day there where you're focusing on working and exhausting the muscles. Not just tiring yourself out as much as possible. That's going to eventually get exhausting, especially if you're constantly focused on being in that deficit and burning off 500 calories per workout or even more, while also eating low calories because your body has adapted so much to the net calories you're consuming every day. There's going to be some kind of plateau there because your body is just going to adapt to what you're doing. I've had serious cases where... Oh, and it's not the lady's fault at all. It's just because the marketing and fitness and what catches your attention is the wrong idea sometimes. I've had females coming to me telling me they're burning more than a thousand calories a day during their workouts and then eating only 1200 calories, but they don't know why they're not losing weight. What happened was it worked for them in the beginning, doing a lot of cardio, cutting out the calories. But like I said, you run into a wall at some point and you just can't get your body to respond the way you want it to. This is why it can get a bit dangerous because you're trying to do everything in your power in order to get into a negative calorie intake. I even worked out with some female friends pretty recently and they were so worried about how many calories their watch was telling them that they burnt during exercise. That's not telling the whole story. You could pretty easily just burn as much calories as you want by just running around the gym or on the treadmill. And just because you burned 100 calories more doing that compared to resistance training, that does not mean that you're closer to whatever goal it is you're trying to achieve. Especially if your goal is to lean down or gain lean body mass, or their specific goal is to build certain areas like the lower body, like sculpting that butt. I had another situation where I was telling a client that he could work out less during his cut, but he said that that doesn't make sense because on his high calorie burning day, the device says... 2,000 calories burned or whatever it is, but you got to remember that your body adapts to what you do, whether that means you're eating a lot or you're doing a lot of cardio. Sometimes it's not only about calories in versus calories out. 
but at the end of the day, it's not going to be realistic to just do a bunch of cardio every day to have to maintain your physique. So when it comes to relying on your fitness tracker, whether that be your Apple Watch or your Fitbit or your Whoop Band, those are just tools that we can use to see how much we're moving and how active you are daily. But those numbers can be pretty inaccurate and it's not just a, it's just not a smart way to approach your training. All you really need to do is focus on the trends of your activities on your days of the week. You don't want to be just going to the gym for an hour and then sedentary for the rest of the day and then you're expecting your body to make some drastic change. At first, that might work, but ultimately you'll have to move more throughout the day. That calorie burn during a workout is not going to tell the whole story. Your metabolism during the day or how many calories you're burning during the day is going to be different at all points during the day, like hour by hour. I mean, even when you're strength training, you might burn only 200 calories during the workout, but for multiple hours after a workout, your metabolism is actually raised a bit because of the after effects of exercise and strength training. But you can't really say the same for every form of exercise, like forms of cardio. Resistance training workouts have the greatest effect post-workout where your metabolism just shoots up. And your fitness band, that won't tell you that since it's not tracking a workout specifically. There's a lot more that goes into this whole thing than just trying to burn as many calories as possible so you have an excuse to eat some cheat meal or a donut and tell yourself that you earned it because you burned off so many calories. Trust me, I learned this when I was younger and it never helped. It never helped me, and it didn't help my clients too much either. Fitness trackers can be good, though. They're more than just for tracking calorie-burning workouts. Some benefits that go along with those is the sleep tracker, your activity tendencies, and heart rate. Whoop, the Whoop band especially, has a pretty good recovery tracking thing, which seems to be pretty accurate. So don't take the calorie number too seriously on whatever fitness watch band you're using, but take a look at it from time to time to track other, more important numbers. Pay attention to the trends of your day-to-day -day life. You may notice you burn more calories on days where you don't work out because you're out doing the groceries or gardening or whatever other errands you have to do. So there are some positives to watch in fitness bands, but be careful when it comes to the negative side of it all, which is constantly thinking about burning more and more calories or closing all of your rings. Question two, why fluids are so important during workouts? Oh man, so now that it's summer, this becomes even more important. Water is life, man, it's essential. The thing is, it's pretty common for us to not even think about drinking water and the benefits that it brings you. So yes, we can all benefit from consuming more water throughout the day. One of the quick tips I can give you is to get a big water jug and just sip on that during the day. This works great if you're working from home. Just have it right beside your mouse or keyboard. Don't spill it though, obviously. But that's just good advice. That's super simple for you if you're slacking on your water intake during the day. So getting to the question at hand here, why are fluids important during workouts? First off, drinking water or some kind of fluids before your workouts, you may notice that your strength actually goes up. It increases if you drink the right amount. Of course, this is going to vary person to person, but everyone should see this kind of uh, increase in strength output. I noticed this, like strength increase myself, I always try to make sure I go into the gym having already drank a glass or two of water 
Especially if I work out in the early morning, it makes a huge difference for me, especially if I'm getting up early and hitting a workout first thing in the morning. So for your workouts, yes, of course water is going to help you. Now, if you're going longer than an hour, you might find that electrolyte drinks with some sugar and sodium in it, that'll be beneficial for you when it comes to sustaining energy throughout your workouts. So keeping up your energy levels during the whole workout. Gatorade or other similar sports drinks could help here because of that sodium, the magnesium, and the other minerals in there. Remember that you lose sodium while working out through your sweat. That's why you might notice your sweat uh, being a bit salty if you've ever tasted it before. (laughs) So if you're working out for longer than an hour or if you're in a hot environment, which I'll talk about later, and you're sweating more than usual, you're losing water and sodium from your body. This is when it's great to have some sort of drinks with some quick sugars and sodium in there. I've been personally using Kirkland's Gatorade or their Powerade drink for the past few years. It's helped me significantly. For me, I mentioned earlier that I'm still experiencing post-COVID symptoms in the gym, so I'm out of breath more often. I'm feeling low energy more than normal during my workouts. And the carb drinks, they help here for sure. I notice a difference when I have it and when I don't. Even just having water between sets helps maintain more of my energy levels throughout the workout. It's something I have to constantly remind myself of though, because I'm usually pretty laser focused and just trying to be completely in tune with the workout, you know, with that tunnel vision. But I notice better workouts when I have more fluids in me before and during the workout. I have to remind myself in between sets to at least get a sip of water, but there are times where I'll go through half a workout before I even realize that I haven't even drank, like not even a single sip. Luckily for me, I'm not really a person who sweats too much, so it's not that detrimental for me, but it can be for other people. So when you're exercising, you're going to sweat. Another reason why you need to be drinking fluids, if you're a heavy sweater, Uh, That's, again, where the electrolyte drinks come in handy. You have to replace the water you lose to reduce the risk of things like heat stress and dehydration, which could cause your performance and your strength to take a hit there. You'll notice a decrease in most cases. Water and fluids also helps regulate temperature. I mean, body temperature. Your body heat and temperature goes up during a workout because you're moving more. That's just what happens naturally. The water will help keep your internal temperature at a cooler level, which aids in performance. So this is just a quick and simple hack to get the most out of your body. Everyone's always thinking about what supplement to get to boost their performance while ignoring the basics like this right here. Simply just hydrating yourself properly is likely going to benefit you more than the best BCAAs or pre-workout could do. So just be at optimal levels. That way you won't fatigue as easily and you'll perform your best. That's why it's so important to stay hydrated if you're exercising, even more so if you live in a hot environment or the gym's AC just sucks. And that concludes episode 96 of the podcast. Thank you for listening. If you really enjoyed the episode or my podcast as a whole, then please leave a review and comment on iTunes or whatever your choice of podcast platform is. Also, if you haven't already, you should hit that subscribe button because I'll be releasing episodes every Friday. If you want to follow me, your host, I'm Isaiah.Copon on Instagram. And you can also check out my website, IsaiahCopon.com. If you want to follow the podcast, you can check out at Lift and Learn Podcast on Instagram. And there's also a Facebook page if you just search Lift and Learn Podcast. <laughs>